Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Oh, gee. Make some noise! Another edition of Inside Boxing Live coming to you from the studios here in New York, New York. I'm your host, Dan Canobio. On this episode, we have a big one for you. Showtime Sean Porter calls us from Las Vegas. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Danny Garcia fight, how he really wants it, what he does in his off time, if he's happy with the PBC, and uh, we'll talk about his beloved Cleveland Browns. Uh, from there, we'll also talk to uh, uh, LA Times' Lance Pugmire. Uh, Lance was a very good interview. He's one of the most informed uh, boxing writers out there right now. He does a great job. I think he's like the Adam Schefter uh, of boxing. He's always in the know, and he uh, gives us some updates on uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, as well as Canelo signing up uh, for the VADA drug testing. You're not going to want to miss uh, that interview with Lance Pugmire. As for what went down this weekend, we had a very busy night on Saturday night on, on Showtime. Uh, actually, you can go back to Saturday afternoon. Showtime had three title fights in three countries. Uh, we'll just talk about what we saw uh, in the late night uh, portion of it. It was uh, sort of with uh, Jojo Diaz and uh, Gary Russell Jr. Really exciting uh, TV-friendly fight. Um, ultimately won by Gary Russell Jr. Uh, he fights. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again in 2020. That was a, a joke on, on Twitter is that he's guy never fights. But he uh, came out for his annual fight, and he looked good. I mean, uh, you got to give him credit here. Everyone likes to get on him and call him TBA because that's uh, his next opponent. But, you know, he he put he went out there, and he and he, he delivered. And he, his jab, he came out throwing a, a, a piston-like jab. I know they kept saying that on the telecast, but... You know, he threw career highs, if you want to go by the stats. He threw 992 punches. That's 83 punches per round. He threw 587 jabs. Uh, but Diaz, no slouch either. Diaz landed 192 punches, 151 power punches. Uh, both those numbers were uh, the highest ever landed on a Gary Russell opponent. So this one had all the makings for a great fight on paper. Ultimately delivered. Gary Russell wants to move on. Maybe he'll unify. Uh, maybe with uh, and he'll fight uh, Abner Maris uh, versus Leo Santa Cruz winner. Maybe he can fight uh, Lomachenko. Who knows? I mean, uh, Gary Russell's in that stage of his career where he's going to want big fights because he's getting up there uh, in age. Uh, the main event, uh, Badu Jack and Adonis Stevenson. A fight through the first six rounds. Didn't really deliver uh, a lot of action. Um, it looked like Adonis Stevenson didn't come in the best of shape. Uh, Badu Jack didn't do a lot of work in those first six rounds, but things heated up in the second half of the fight um, where uh, Badu Jack, he landed six of 22 punches per round. He ramped it up to 26 of 63 uh, for the rest of the fight. Uh, Stevenson landed that hellacious body shot in the 11th that came out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, even the Showtime uh, broadcast crew didn't even pick up on it, and that's what ultimately got that fight to be a draw because Badu Jack, all he had to do was win that 11th or 12th round. And the problem I have with this after the fight was uh, 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 Jack's comments. It was maybe like 30 seconds after the fight was over with Jim Gray. He he says that maybe the judges don't like Floyd Mayweather. I mean, come on, Jack. Like, I love this guy. He fights all the best. But how about you don't have a you don't have a finishing power, or you don't you know you can't sense blood in the water and go for the win? How many times has he been in the close fights? How many times has, has he fought to a draw? Don't blame it on Floyd Mayweather. And the fact that you said it, you know, 30 seconds after your fight was over, you know, made me believe that you had this premeditated thought. You were going to say this if you knew there was going to be a close fight. Like Floyd Mayweather is not preventing you from losing fights. Floyd Mayweather, how many fights did Floyd Mayweather win uh, on the scorecards? So the judges just don't dislike Floyd Mayweather. So enough with that. But I like uh, Badu Jack. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between the two. As for Adonis Stevenson, I mean, he's ripe for the picking. I think any uh, Bival would destroy him. Uh, I think that uh, Kovalev would beat both these guys. Uh, so the light heavyweight division continues to turn uh, as uh, they fight to a draw. So we'll see. Uh, what happens with that. So that was the the action from this weekend. We have some more fights coming up this weekend on, on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Uh, but for now, let's get into our uh, our interviews here. We have Lance Pugmire of the LA Times. 
All right, before we get to uh, Lance Pugmire, I have to tell you about Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle is located on 35th and 7th, right in the heart of uh, New York City. We'll be there in a few weeks uh, doing our show live uh, from their spacious bar. they got great drink specials, great place to watch the Yankees, Mets, uh, UFC, boxing, soccer. You you name it, they got it going on there, especially Trivia Night. I know it gets crazy there uh, for that. So check out uh, Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar, located on 35th and 7th, the official sponsor of Inside Boxing Live. And with that, we're going to bring in uh, L.A. Times' Lance Pugmire. Lance, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us here on Inside Boxing Live. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Uh, the reason I wanted to get you on is because I've always admired your work uh, from afar. Um, you do a great job for the L.A. Times, and uh, you wrote an article last week about the negotiations between Anthony Joshua uh, and Deontay Wilder. And in your story, you basically said that the two parties have hit somewhat of a snag over where the fight is going to be. Anthony Joshua wants to fight in the U.K. Deontay Wilder obviously wants to fight in the U.S., probably in Las Vegas. So what's the latest on, on all that, and if, is that still what's holding up this fight from uh, being you know solidified yeah and i want to i want to go as far as saying that it's a snag i would say that it's uh you know originally when eddie hearn was out here talking about a new uh his new streaming service that he'll be doing he he kind of uh came across as pretty dug in on the idea as anthony joshua himself was after he uh he won his fight in march that you know he's from england this is a fight that uh should be in the uk in his home um, and that's the, the, you know, it's basically in the negotiating point they're starting from. But from what I'm hearing from the people that I'm um, talking to, there is an acknowledgement from that side that, you know, to generate the most money for this fight, they're going to have to come to the U.S. And that is something that Hearn and Joshua have have admitted, you know, in previous conversations that I've had with them. So they know they know that they this is where they're going to be able to maximize the revenue. And, and so the people that I was talking to said, look, that's where the negotiations are right now. You're not seeing a lot in the media because they're trying to get something done and, and not talk about it every step of the way. But the focus is definitely to try to bring the fight to the U.S. with the leading contenders being uh, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas and Barclays Center in New York. Now, the fact you bring up a good point, and it was something that I was going to ask you next, is the fact that the Twitter talk has died down. Uh, you're not seeing Deontay Wilder post videos where he's talking about bags of money. Uh, there was Anthony Joshua over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this. He was doing some type of talk show where he said that he's going to F him up, uh, which uh, was interesting because, you know, once I feel like when he starts cursing, you know, maybe showing showing his hand a little bit. You know, you have to look into things like that. And the fact yeah. that, uh, you know, he's talking about the referees and the judges, you know, pu pulling tricks on him. But the fact that the fight isn't being discussed in the media, we're not seeing a lot of Twitter talk about it. It's probably a good thing, right? It's a good thing. And, you know, that it always uh, seems to be the case, right? When right. that uh, when everyone's quieting down, they're actually working in offices trying to uh, get a deal hammered out. And obviously, I think that from the sports uh for the sports sake you know this is a uh this would be the fight the best fight that could be made this calendar year and uh you know we can only hope that um calm cool smart heads <laughs> will prevail and that we will see this fight um in 2018 yeah i mean it makes sense because uh you know canelo triple g is not a, is not a lock for september so they have a window right now to make the fight and kind of steal the the spotlight so to say and make the biggest fight because you know take a look at the boxing landscape it's been such a good year in 2018 piggybacking off of the 2017 year just you know the fact that they should make this fight right now i mean if, if all parties like you said can come to a decision here you know there's no reason why this fight cannot be made I agree. I mean, one of the big uh, uh, points uh, points of debate among, you know, not just us uh, boxing writers, but I think that people who follow the sport is will this money, will this fight generate, you know, the money it's going to take to allow Anthony Joshua to, you know, collect his uh, $50 million guarantee, at least without, uh, without taking a loss. And I think that the more word of mouth, the longer that they have, you know, uh, to promote this fight and the more discussion is going on about how significant this fight is it would be the biggest heavyweight fight right since Lennox yeah. Lewis and Mike Tyson in 2002 I perhaps even even better when you're talking about two undefeated uh, heavyweight champions uh, fighting for four belts I think that you know as, as as long as we have that time to talk about a fight that is going to go down probably like in November or early December um, the better. So I think that it, it does behoove them to get this thing 
uh, done sooner rather than later. Have you heard anything about the fact that if this does happen in December, let's just say it happens then and it doesn't happen in October, mm -hmm. uh, that maybe Joshua will take one more fight? And uh, maybe that's with, you know, you've heard the name of Jarrell Miller being thrown around at Barclays. Uh, do you see that coming into play? And, and then look moving forward, the fact that this was also in your article, the fact that uh, Joshua's fight deal with Showtime is up. I'm pretty sure it's after this next fight or is it up now? No, it's all, it's already expired. So, okay, so that's um, another wrinkle yeah. added to that. I know you wrote about that in your article. Could it we really see is, that? Yeah. yeah, could we see HBO getting into the mix? And uh, I know they have their own issues with the budget and stuff. But you know that could throw a wrinkle into this negotiation. The fact that maybe now Joshua will be a HBO fighter or uh, or not with Showtime. So can you see that being a little another uh, snag, sort of say? I. Yeah, I think they've already tried to do that. I think that they're trying to, you know, steer Anthony Joshua toward HBO. But the bottom, the, the bottom line is, and the tough part for Joshua is that if he if he does align himself with HBO, he's not going to be uh, fighting Deontay Wilder, who's a Showtime fighter. Sure. So I think that, and he's going to be portrayed as someone who's uh, dodging the fight, and I don't think he wants to do that. He wants to be the guy who's, you know, this is his moment. This is the moment to make this fight. Anything that he does um, other than that is going to be perceived as uh, sort of running away from the fight that everyone knows that he should take. And that's the that's the tricky part to maneuver around for both Eddie Hearn, who's trying to maximize every dollar that he can get out of Anthony Joshua, and Joshua himself, who, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, cachet in saying that I am the ultimate heavyweight champion yeah. and I am not running from anyone. Now, uh, I'll put you on the spot right now. Uh, when does the fight happen? Where does it happen? Hmm. And how many buys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, – I'm going to say that it does happen this year. I'm going to say let's be, let's be positive, right? There's mm -hmm. enough negativity in our sport. Yes, let's, I agree. Uh, let's, ho let's hope that these guys can get it done. I think it happens in November. Um, obviously, I think the best uh, place to stage the fight would be T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, the fight capital. And um, uh, how many buys? Um, you know, I think it, I, I think it can do about five hundred, six hundred thousand. I really, I really do. I think that with uh, a lot of time, a lot of buildup, um, these guys are both very charismatic personalities. And I think when they have the opportunity to make a bunch of talk show appearances and really uh, hawk this fight, mm -hmm. uh, we look. I mean, they're they're um, they're talking to them. Uh, they're pleading to the. Um, uh, to the masses here when they talk when they talk to us about what a great fight this is going to be we all know that you know this is going to be a, an epic uh, heavyweight showdown so uh it definitely has that going for it they just need to uh get out there and have their uh personalities a little bit uh more promoted than they are um the fact that they haven't done a better job with deontay wilder is a shame uh you know it's a it's a it's a tough thing for uh, pbc as i to me it's it's their greatest failing because they've got a very charismatic uh, talkative heavyweight champion who is definitely being undersold yeah no now you say um i'm a little surprised by that low of an estimate because uh, i would think that maybe they would get to a million but you really think 500 to 600 is that something you're hearing or is that just a personal opinion i'm just i'm just guessing i mean i'm maybe that's a little bit low i mean it would be great if they could get to uh, a million but i think that you know um i think from where they where they are i mean you know that would be a great number to achieve anything that they can do in, in excess of that would be uh an accomplishment given that um, Joshua has never fought right. on pay-per-view in the U.S., and, and Wilder's never been on pay-per-view in the U.S. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah, you make good points. And then the fact that there really hasn't – there's not a lot of pay-per-views anymore on box, in, in boxing. It's just Canelo, pretty much Canelo and Triple G, and obviously mm -hmm. they're having their issues too. So that's an interesting thing. I know that boxing fans are obsessed with uh, pay-per-view numbers for some reason. <laughs> I, I'll never understand why, but it's something to talk about. Let's switch gears a little bit to uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, you uh, wrote another article for the LA Times, and uh, you've been uh, in the know here. Canelo finally signs up for the VADA testing. Uh in your opinion, or from people that you've spoke to, did he do this because of the the pressure he was feeling, or is this something that he was like, uh, you know, for his own integrity? Mm, I think that I think that the pressure was kind of like the uh, ultimate thing that got it done. Um, a lot of us, you know, were starting to write about this situation of, you know, especially like we say, you know, perception can become reality if you're not careful, and I think that. You know, as he says, this is an accidental uh, thing that happened 
with him with the uh, clenbuterol. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not not committed to year-round testing, I mean, this does not look very good. If you've got people who are sort of in the middle ground of, of uh, is he dirty or clean, and he's he's uh, perceived to be running away from the, the testers, then, uh, you know, th- that doesn't look good. So uh, for him, it was the move that needed to be made. Uh, the pressure, I think, was the uh, sort of the last straw that got him there. And now he can point to that. It was a smart move, you know, don't, no doubt about it. Now he can point to that and say, I'm signed up for year-round testing. You know, um, here we are four months before my fight. It's even beyond the time that the time frame that I had uh, for the last fight. So I'm yeah. fully committed to, you know, uh, representing myself as a clean athlete. And uh, it should uh, it should calm all the negativity that they were hearing from the Golovkin side. So it's pretty clear that Canelo is going to fight September 15th, regardless of who he's fighting. Obviously, everyone wants to see him fight Triple G. Uh, Triple G wants it. I assume so. I think he's kind of, uh, you know, saying the right things, not exactly saying that yeah. Canelo's next. Uh, what's the latest with that? Have we heard any negotiations? This is a, a, a two parties that, you know, seem to take their time with this. And I'm, I pin that mostly on, on Canelo. Have there been any discussions to your to your knowledge? They, yeah, they've been talking. Um, they they have kind of uh, maintained contact throughout. Um, both sides have said that, that this is the good news. I mean, I've got it from uh, Oscar De La Hoya and mm-hmm. Eric Gomez on the Canelo side and Tom Loeffler on the Golovkin side that priority number one is to make this fight uh, September 15th in, in Las Vegas. And I think that when you look at you know where Triple G is, he wants to deal with uh, this blemish on his record. And I think when you look at where Canelo is, I mean, he's coming off this uh, situation where it looks like he, you know, some people believe that he was uh, doping to prepare for the for the fight. So he wants to uh, prove that, no, I wasn't doping. I just accidentally ate some, you know, <laughs> carne asada or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I'm going to show I'm going to show and prove it in the ring that I'm the better man. So, uh, you know, one other thing beyond that is like, look, let's be honest. In the last month, it's been pretty brutal for Golden Boy. I mean, yeah. they've lost uh, uh, the Lenaris, uh fight fight for a tie. Uh, he lost his belt. Mm-hmm. Jojo Diaz was fighting for a belt on Saturday. He, he lost. Um, they've got Ali. Lucas Mat- yeah. yeah, Saddam Ali lost his belt. And you've got uh, Lucas Matisse, probably uh, the underdog against Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. So. I think for Golden Boy's uh, sake, you know, where is the richest fight? And there's no doubt about it. The richest fight to make is Gennady Golovkin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then uh, right now, Golden Boy has him, and they have uh, uh, Ryan Garcia, who was a big hit over uh-huh. in L.A. and uh, is an interesting fella. Uh, but uh, b- before we let you go, uh, you bring up uh, Matisse. Uh, what's the latest on uh, Pacquiao Matisse? You're seeing some headlines that the fight could be in jeopardy. I don't know, Bob Arum is, uh, you know, show me the money, Bob Arum says. So I know that you spoke with Michael Kahn uh, recently. What did he tell you? Yeah, he just uh, there was a report out there that the, the financing of the fight was in uh, trouble, and that's something that has been said. Um, you know, throughout this thing, whenever you're taking a fight into an overseas market that has really never staged the fight of the significance, I think there's a lot of doubt and skepticism about do these people have the money or not. Cons assures that the money is coming in. Is it maybe coming in a little bit slower than expected? Yes. Um, Are they, um, as promoters, you know, being a little bit slower than they should be in regards to getting the tickets ready and having the, the, the stadium all sized and everything like that? Yes. But he assures that the fight is going to happen on that date. Um, Matisse is the perfect opponent for uh, Pacquiao, Michael Kahn's beliefs. And uh, Manny has uh, put out some statements, too, that there's uh, no doubt about it that this fight will uh, will happen on that day. Yeah, you're seeing all the training videos and uh... – Minus Freddie Roach. It's weird to see Pacquiao train with someone other than Freddie Roach, but Boo Boy is now stepped yeah. up, and uh, that's what we're going to see. But Lance, yeah. thank you very much for joining us here at Inside Boxing Live. Go out and read Lance's work in the LA Times. The LA Times does great work. They dedicate a lot of their time to boxing, and uh, you're one of the best info men in boxing. So I thank you very much for joining us, uh, and I look, look to see you ringside. Thank you so much. Anytime. Another busy week in boxing. Uh, the summer schedule is really starting to heat up. A lot of headlines, a lot of trash talking, a lot of everything going on. So uh, what we do here at Inside Boxing Live, we wrap it all up in the segment that we call, in case you missed it. Canelo enrolls in VADA drug testing. Yes, if you've seen this, uh, Canelo Alvarez, finally, he gives in. He finally is uh, less defiant. 
than he has been over the last year, and he enrolls in the Vada drug testing, the year-round uh, program. Uh, if you caught our show last week, Kevin Ioli says that every fighter should be in this, but you only have to technically be in it when uh, during your training camp. So uh, Canelo Alvarez, he finally concedes. He joins the Vada drug testing, and now you know we can move forward with the with the negotiations with Triple G. Uh, at least Canelo is doing the right thing now. He's giving off the perception that he is clean, whether he is or not. We'll never really know. But now he'll be drug tested. You know, right now. You know, he probably has been drug tested a few times already, and uh, before he even gets into his official uh, training camp uh, with Gennady Golovkin. So that's good news there. Uh, people want to see this. So Canelo Alvarez is uh, enrolled, and uh, let's see if we'll take some uh, hair samples next. Tyson Fury will fight Sefer Safari on June 9th. Wow. This one, uh, didn't see this one coming. I mean, I don't really know who Sefer Safari is. Is he a made-up person? He's 39 years old. He's not even the most famous Safari. Apparently, his brother uh, is, a, is has a better record and is a, is a better fighter than him. But I looked up. He's from Albania. He holds a record of 23 wins and uh, 24 fights with 21 wins coming by way of knockout. Uh, his sole career loss came to WBA heavyweight world champion Manuel Char, who he was outpointing. He went the distance with Char. Uh, we knew we weren't going to get a live, you know, a live dog against uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, we knew he was going to be fighting, uh, you know, a lesser opponent. This guy's a cruiserweight, so this would be his first fight. Well, not his first fight, but he's a career cruiserweight. So, uh, I mean, Tyson Fury's back. June 9th, we'll see the return of the Mac. He's down seven stone. Uh, I still don't know what that means, but he actually looks good. I've been looking at his Instagram uh, and his, his uh, YouTube and like whatever. He's everywhere, but hes you can definitely see that he's slimmed down. So Tyson Fury, he's back June 9th against Suffer Suffery. I'm looking forward to that one. Pacquiao Matisse in danger of being postponed. Yes, Ta- uh, Pacquiao Matisse, uh, we, we just spoke with uh, Lance Pugmire, and uh, he kind of uh, brought us up to speed on this one. Uh, Michael Kahn's, uh he gave him a phone call, and Khan said, this is absolutely fake news, the fight is going forward. But how many times has Khan said something, and the, ab- the absolute opposite has happened? You know, uh, I go to Bob Arum, when I, anything with Manny Pacquiao... Uh, related and uh, how many times have we heard Manny Pacquiao's gonna be fighting Qatar? Manny Pacquiao's gonna be fighting on the, the moon. He's gonna be fighting uh, everywhere, but it always comes down to the money. And now that uh, this Malaysia people are, they haven't really shown put up the money on their end. It's trickling in from everything I've heard. But according to Michael Kahn's, the fight is 100% happening. You see Pacquiao training on Instagram minus uh, Freddie Roach with Boo Boy. You know, so nothing you know from the powers that be are, are letting you believe that this fight uh, is in danger. But uh, there are some rumblings, and you know sometimes these rumors they're they're correct. But uh, Manny Pacquiao Matisse uh, is in a little bit of trouble for for happening in uh, in mid July. Floyd Mayweather says Gervonta Davis would have KO'd Lomachenko. Yeah, this was uh, he said this before uh, this weekend when he was uh, front and center, and by front and center I mean really front and center as a promoter for uh, Badu Jack. He says uh, uh, Mayweather believes that uh, Davis would have KO'd Lomachenko. Then you know on the other side of the flip side of this, you know a lot of people don't think that Gervonta Davis is ready for a uh, uh, Lomachenko. But I will say this, if Gervonta, if we see the same Gervonta Davis that we saw a month ago at the Barclays Center when he just decimated Quayar uh, uh, in, what, three rounds? And he was focused, and uh, he can tell that he was motivated, and he says a motivated tank is a dangerous tank. I 100% agree with that. I think this fight is maybe two to three years away. You know, the ultimate marination as uh, Bob Arum says, they gotta let this one marinate a little bit. Uh, let them have a few title defenses, but you never know. You know, the money could come calling. And uh, one thing we've seen from Top Rank and ESPN with this new deal is that they are willing to pay out their opponents to get the fights done. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it. But my guess is that fight's like uh, is like two years away. Kenny Porter says Keith Thurman is faking his injuries. Yes, and we will talk. To uh, Kenny Porter's son, Sean Porter, coming up next on uh, uh, on the show. And uh, this was interesting because Kenny Porter, if you ever have watched any videos of him, if you've ever seen him in an arena, the guy's got swagger. He comes strutting in uh, to the arena. He's usually dressed to the nines, and uh, they put a camera in his face. And uh, one thing we know about him, he's not Angel Garcia. He's not going to spout off something crazy. It's going to be a calculated opinion that he comes up with or a calculated take. And his take was that I don't think that Keith Thurman – 
really injured his hand most recently. And I also don't think he was in a car accident. He said there were there are no. Uh, <laughs> he said there were no uh, like uh, documents on the car. There were no police reports. So he he did some searching. Kenny Porter. He didn't just you know pull this out of thin air. He really went forward here. And we'll get uh, Sean Porter's thoughts on uh, his dad saying this and what he thinks of his dad coming out and, and speaking on his behalf. And uh, they have a really interesting relationship, uh, Kenny and Sean Porter. But it's interesting because Keith Thurman is now completely out of the picture. He hasn't even given a timetable on when he's going to be back. Now he's saying it's a hand injury. He relinquishes his belt. Will we see Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia next sometime in the second half of 2018 for the WBC belt? I would like to see that, and uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, Kenny Porter... Coming out here saying that uh, Keith Thurman's faking his injury. Something to keep an eye on here uh, moving forward with uh, the show. But there it is. In case you missed it, uh, here it is on Inside Boxing Live. All right, our next guest here on Inside Boxing Live. He's one of the best welterweights in the world right now. He's clamoring for a big fight. He's Showtime Sean Porter. Before we get to Sean Porter, I have to tell you about uh, Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar. Jack Doyle's located right in the heart of New York City, 35th and 7th. If you're on the west side of Manhattan, if you're visiting New York, you're a tourist, and you want to go to a nice sports bar where you get the full atmosphere of American sports and uh, drinks and all that stuff, go to Jack Doyle's. Tell them the Inside Boxing Live crew sent you. Uh, Here he is, Sean Porter, uh, Showtime Sean Porter. Porter calling us from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us here on the show. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. I got the call yesterday to do this and was uh, pretty interested. Uh, I, I've met with you a couple of times and we've talked about copy box numbers and stats and all that. Yeah. So it's cool to be on the line with you guys right now. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for, for coming on. Um, the thing with you is, like, so many guys right now in boxing, they're content with, you know, one to two fights a year. Uh, there's so many. Just this weekend, we saw Gary Russell fight, a guy that's in there, what, once a year? And uh, Adana Stevenson, a guy who's very inactive. You're a guy that, you know, you would fight tomorrow if, if the call was placed for you. You know, how frustrating is it for you to, to kind of be waiting for that big fight? I know you want Danny Garcia. I know you want uh, Errol Spence, et cetera. You know, how frustrating has it been for you for the last couple uh, months? It's, it's kind of weird. Um because for me, I, I train pretty much year-round. I usually don't take too much time off. And so for me, it's like my job is, is ongoing. Yeah. And it's not until I actually sit down and count the months that I realize how long it's been since I've had a fight. <laughs> you know, because I'm always training, preparing, you know, thinking about this or that guy that I'm going to fight. I guess maybe I play it up so much in my head that I feel like, you know, the fight is closer than, than it ever is. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's my decision. My decision is to fight more. My decision is to be in the ring against the best and, and do it while I have it, while I'm at my, at my, at my best, you know, mm-hmm. uh, guys like, like, um, like Gary Russell and even the Donna Stevenson, I think both of those guys have decided to kind of to use their, or not use, but manage their career, uh, in, in a different way. Uh, and you've heard, uh, Gary Russell say, you know, <laughs> TV, you know, he, it's allowed him time to preserve his body. Yeah. So that, that's the number one thing that I do take from not being able to be as active as I want to be is the fact that I'm not, you know, getting hit. I'm not, you know, my body isn't, you know, going through all of the, um, all of the war and in this in the in, in the heat mm-hmm. of the battle that 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 it would that I've gone through, you know, over the years. So yeah, I guess like a, it does. You know, it's. it's more of a a, 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 a double-edged sword. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like a catch-22 because a lot of guys, you know, the ring rust, that's a thing. I, I mean, you, you're out of the ring for a while, you get a little rusty, and uh, it's like the old, the age-old question, is it, is it better to fight three to four times a year and stay active, or is it better to fight one or two times a year so, you know, you're, you're, like you said, your body's preserved? What do you think? And, and well, you know what? The thing that I always say is, you know, boxers are much smarter now than they were in the past. In the <laughs> past, they were fighting crazy a couple times a month. Even, yeah, yeah. And we're just we're smarter in that respect that we we understand our bodies better, and you know obviously our, our checks a little bit more lucrative now. <laughs> um, but at the same time, um, we're hurting ourselves sometimes when we when we decide to stay out or try to wait on that perfect fight because you know at the, at the same time you're missing out on another opportunity to. You know, be to showcase your skills and, mm-hmm. and your talents and 
and things of that nature. So, like you said before, man, it, it really is a, a, a double-edged sword, a, a catch-22, because, you know, on one hand, you, you're doing something that is healthy and beneficial to your life, but at the same time, you're, you're hurting, hurting that as well at the same time. Yeah, you're a gym rat, so you're always ready. Uh, has the WBC contacted you? I know that uh, now that uh, Keith Thurman has relinquished the belt, you know, the obvious fight now is between you and Danny Garcia. Have you heard from the WBC? Do you call them? How does that work? That's that's the obvious fight. Uh, I, I've done my best to to remain uh, calm and 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 patient and allow my management to do their job, and which usually gets done. I'm, well, I'm not gonna say usually, always gets done. So I, I don't call the WBC. Uh, I have um, contacted them before, but I do. I try I try to do my best to to allow my management to do their job and and myself do my job is just you know being prepared for when that call does come. Um, as much as I know, uh, the, the next fight in line for that WBC is myself and Danny Garcia, as it should be. I, I, I can't think of any other fight out there that is more more deserving of that title shot than myself and, and also Danny Garcia as well. Um, but as, as as far as the timeline is when where, I don't know just yet. Yeah, because, you know, you think about the welterweight division, and it's something we've talked about a lot on the show with numerous guests. It's like there's so many good fighters, and it's so top-heavy, and we don't know what the logical step next is, like who fights Keith Thurman, who fights Errol Spence. But now that, you know, Thurman is kind of ducked out of the position, you know, uh, you know, part I don't mean to use the word duck, but he's no longer in the, in the, the, uh, the picture right now. So, yeah, you're right. The clear shot or the clear fight is you and, and Danny Garcia. And I was working the showbox fight in Philly, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, Devin Haney was the the main event, uh, and Danny Garcia was there. I'm sure you saw the the uh, the interview that he did, and he said, you know, come fight me in Philly, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you're willing to fight him anywhere. That's that's not an issue, right? Like you would fight this guy, uh, you know, anywhere. I'm willing to fight him anywhere, um, just for the sole fact that I'm fighting for the WBC title. Uh, outside of that, you know, it's just you know going to his hometown to fight him not really interested but the fact that we're going to be fighting for the wbc title um we can fight in idaho we can fight in <laughs> south dakota in, yeah we can fight in south dakota we can fight in anywhere it doesn't matter as long as i'm fighting for that wbc title i know what's in my heart i know what i want to do and uh you know the number one goal for me is to be a wbc champion now, I see that you're making these, these hype videos, and uh, I like them, man. They're really funny. And uh, how do those come about? Uh, I mean, like, it, it, you see people think of Sean Porter, you're like, you're, you're a gentleman, you're a calm, cool collective. And then I go on your Twitter, and, you know, you're, 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 you're a cutting WWE promos. How do those come about? And you're probably having fun with those, right? Man, the fun, yeah, <laughs> uh, having fun. I think, you know, to, to sum it all up, that's all it is. Right. Me wanting to have fun and, and show a side of myself that you don't normally get to see. You know, most of these interviews are, you know, they're they're more um, formal, mm -hmm. cut and dry, you know, Q&A. Uh, same thing with a press conference, you know, unless you are, I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head who would, you know, come to the press conference and, you know, you're already expecting something silly. Tyson Fury, maybe. Yeah, 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 Tyson Fury. So, you yeah. know, uh, for the most part, um, you know, for myself, I've always been just kind of, cut and dry uh you know my interviews are exciting and fun and everything but they're not what i've been able to show uh through social media yeah so so when i decided to start doing you know uh, now two videos on social <laughs> media it was just a thing of me wanting to show a different side of myself and when i did uh, randy man uh macho man randy savage that one just kind of popped into my head out of nowhere and i went with it and then um Someone sent me the video of uh, Danny Garcia's dad oh, uh, God. doing a video about the WBC, yeah. and they said you should you should do a video uh, uh, um, answering uh, kind of like you know uh, going back at him about mm -hmm. this or whatever. So, uh, I jumped in my car and I ran to, to Burger King to see if they <laughs> had a crown for me, and just kind of try to play it up from there. Um, I hope everyone out there is is more so appreciating that than they are just looking at it like oh sean's a, a crap talker now because it's not so much me wanting to talk crap as it is me having fun yeah and, exactly and and obviously knowing how to play the dozens a little bit you know i can you know i can 
jab the jaw a little bit as well. So yeah, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah, I enjoy them, and you know, it's you know, it's boxing. It's entertainment. I mean, you guys have you guys are you're promoting yourselves. You only fight, you know, you want to fight a lot, but a lot of these guys fight one or two times a year. So you constantly have to, you know, drum up the masses, like you said, get people to talk about it. Uh, but but that yeah, and that that was right. that was another thing too was you know understanding that it, it kind of you know clicked to me not too long ago that man, I'm only fighting you know once a year possibly twice a year you know people aren't getting to see uh the exciting sean porter that they are used to seeing and you know what better way than the the time that we live in now to use social media as a platform that you know be seen by thousands and possibly even millions of people yeah uh, you know doing something that they wouldn't normally get you get to see you do so yeah. it's it's do you like Danny Garcia? Like, do you have a problem with him? I mean, do, you guys have obviously uh, been in, you know, the same rooms before. Do you have any issues with the way his career has gone? Maybe his dad? Or is there any, like, personal animosity between the two of you? You, you know, it's 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 so strange. Like, him and I go all the way back to the amateur program. Right. But uh, he was 132 pounds. I was 165 pounds. And it, the funny thing is we would walk into the same room and it was like, we're so so much further away from from fighting each other, but we were never even close to being core another. Was never even the head nod to one another, you know. <laughs> and so now being in the same weight class, and you know him getting fights that I've wanted to get, and you know the list goes on from there. It's it's not so much a jealousy thing as it is me looking at this guy like I can beat you. Let's make the fight, and it's it's taking this long to make a fight happen with him. So. I would say, you know, for more than anything, I've I've had a dislike for him just for from wanting to fight him and him, you know, not being, you know, that champion that he's claimed to be and and getting in the ring to fight me. So I think now he's he's come to a point where he, he can't, you know, look left or right. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of pressure on him right now, especially uh, you know, coming off his last fight, Brandon Rios, a guy that, you know, was was game but, you know, was obviously past uh, his prime a little bit. Um Another thing with this fight that could be interesting, Wrinkle, is the fact that you both have fathers that are very much involved in your career. Your dad, Kenny Porter, is a character. Angel Garcia, jeez, uh, I mean, where do you even start with that guy? He's out of his mind. But uh, you know, your, your dad made some headlines recently. He says that uh, Keith Thurman uh, faking his injuries. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people do think that. I mean, I'm very. It's a very. It's a different. Uh, you know, thought process on exactly what's going on with with, with Keith Thurman. Do uh, you kind of agree with your dad there, or do you kind of let your dad uh, do his own talking? I've, you know, I, well, first off, I've always allowed my dad to do his own talk. We we kind of have this this dynamic where, you know, he kind of knows what I'm thinking and <laughs> I know what he's thinking, and, and we can kind of play off of each other. I think Danny Garcia and Angel Garcia are a little different in the respect that <laughs> uh, Danny just kind of looks at his dad as his dad goes on these rants and, and does whatever. And, uh, and, and, you know, kind of cast Danny out in the background. But uh, I've always, when it, when it came to <laughs> Keith Thurman and his injuries or whatnot, I've always kind of looked, my dad, uh, looked at my dad through the side of my eye because, <laughs> you, know, you know, me being as, as big of a, a, a competitor as I am, you know, I just can't imagine someone wanting to, to fake injuries and things of that nature instead of, you know, doing the, the bigger thing, which is getting in the ring and, you know, conquering your opponent and, and being called number one, being called the greatest, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so whenever there's an injury uh, come, that has come up for Keith, all, dating all the way back to when he got into his car accident before we fought, my dad kept saying, I think he faked the injury. I think something's going on. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at my dad like, you know, like, man, this, this is, this is a bit much to, 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 to draw up and, and fake. I mean, I think this is, this is legit, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this about Keith: at this point in, in his career and his life, the things that he has going on, I I can assure you that if and when he gets back into the ring, he will be 100% solely focused on the fight and not focused on any pre-injury, any 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 type of damage done to his body or anything like that at all. I know that Keith is uh he's a really smart intelligent guy mm-hmm. before before he is a fighter and so he's not going to get into the brain if he doesn't feel 100 percent confident in in himself and also in you know the, the parts of his body that that has been injured so uh i do know that i know that when we see keith back in the ring we won't see a keith in the ring who's looking for an excuse to get out 
we won't see a Keith who's who's looking for uh, a reason to to call out his injury right. and, and and infect the funk. He's gonna get in the ring when he knows that he's one hundred percent and he's ready to be the dog that he's always been. It sounds like you have like a a, a big re- a respect for Keith Thurman. You guys put on a really good fight on on CBS. You know, borderline fight of the year. It's a little different tone that you have with Keith than than Danny Garcia. Are you is is someone uh, Keith Thurman like a, a buddy of yours, or is it just like a mutual respect between the two of you? Definitely a mutual respect, but but Keith and I again like we we go all the way back to the amateurs as well. But you know, Keith and I, even though I was one weight class above him, we we competed together a little bit against a couple of other countries and things like that. So we did develop somewhat of a friendship uh, before even turning professional. And I think, you know, upon getting in the ring and doing what we did that night, I think we both, you know, saw the bigger picture there, which was that, you know, even though there was a winner and a loser that night, both of us, you know, won, uh, won over the fans. Yes. And, and, and both of us uh, um, made, a, a, made a, a very big statement mm-hmm. for, for ourselves as far as our careers go, you know, so yeah, I think we, we, when you think about a champion and who that champion has fought, um, there there should come a day where you know I'll be spoken as, well, did he fight Sean Porter, you know, or or did he fight Keith Thurman, or did he fight Errol Spence, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right now those are the three names that will last in boxing for a long time, and when you look up champions in this era. You will look to see if they fought myself, if they fought Keith Thurman, if they fought Errol Spence. Yeah, you're right. It's like the you know in the '80s when the 147 pound division was just like a round robin of of everyone fighting each other. So you, you bring up a good point. And while we're talking uh, conspiracy theories with uh, about Keith Thurman's career, and um, you know there's a rumor out there that he's unhappy with the PBC and he's kind of waiting out his contract uh, so he can be maybe a free agent and make some either more money or, or fight uh, more. You know, I mean, it got me thinking about the PBC and uh, it's been around for what uh, three years now. And I know there are some fighters that have uh, you know voiced their displeasure with them, or and there are fighters that have uh, jumped ship, like uh, Dan- uh, Danny Jacobs, sort of saying, went to went over to HBO. With all your trouble that you've been going through, getting fights and you know getting these these dates and everything, are you happy with the PBC? You know, I'm I'm surprised to hear that. Um, I know that um, there's a little bit more that goes into it than just PBC. Um, but from from my end, yeah, I'm I'm happy with what I've been able to do um, from a, a public standpoint uh, with PBC, uh, and that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I think that anyone like we'll take Danny uh, Daniel Jacobs for instance. Daniel Jacobs did the best thing for his career. He didn't do something against PBC. He did the best thing for his career. You know, so I think moving forward, anybody that quote unquote jump ship or moves forward with any other company or anything like that, they are more than likely doing what's best for their career because right. at this point, I think we all owe a big thanks to BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, before PBC, we were, we were only being seen by, you know, a multitude of thousands. Now we're, we're being seen by, you know, uh, 10, 100 times what we've been seen by before because of PBC. So, um, no, I don't think there's going to ever be any, any hard lashing at PBC. Right. Uh, I know that, you know, um, the company as a whole is doing the best that they can. Uh, just so many fighters in every weight division, you know, so mm-hmm. you, you got to try to figure out a way to, to spread the sugar and, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. that, everybody, so that everybody gets a, a good like a, a good helping. But, yeah. you know, it'll come a time where, you know, we can't duck anyone. We can't um, choose who we want to fight, just like this fight with, with Danny Garcia and myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we put ourselves in, in the great line where, you know, uh, whether he wants to fight me or he wants to fight someone else, I want to fight him or I want to fight someone else. Um, the collective goal here is the WBC title, and that's put him in line for me and and me for him. You know, so uh, that's how uh, boxing is shaping up now, and uh, I think it's getting exciting. And um, there's nothing but great days ahead for boxing. Now, um, obviously, you've had a lot of time to think about your career as you are, you know, you want this fight with Danny Garcia. And you, I'm sure you read the headlines and you see that Eddie Hearn is a guy that is, you know, he wants he wants you. He wants Errol Spence. He wants everyone under the sun. If you lace up boxing gloves and you are a prominent name like yourself, he wants you. Have you heard from Eddie Hearn? And what are your thoughts on his new streaming uh, invent, uh, whatever you want to call it? I did. I, I heard about the, the new streaming uh, thing that he's got going on, and I actually watched uh, 
the last uh, promotion that he did with David Hay, and um, I, I thought that the streaming was was done pretty well and mm-hmm. and pretty pretty exciting to see that the fight was on over here because there was a fight on the undercard that I really wanted to see. My dad was had a, had a heavyweight over there, gotcha. uh, fighting on the undercard, and I know that my dad has been in contact with with uh, Eddie Hearn from that standpoint of that fighter. I don't think my dad is. Uh, doing any business as far as I'm concerned and I know him and I both have uh, have the same mindset that we want to stay where we are mm-hmm. with with Al Heyman and, and PBC as well okay cool uh, before we let you go I know a lot of people they like to give you shit for not calling out Errol Spence but the reason behind that is because you're not ranked in the IBF and where Spence has a, has a belt. Now, you know, with Thurman uh, obviously not in the picture and, you know, Danny Garcia not exactly, you know, that fight isn't 100%. You know, would you be willing to fight uh, in Errol Spence now that he could be in the WBC picture? Let me sum this up for you because it's, it's so interesting that you brought up the ranking because I don't look at rankings. And a really good friend of me call, of mine called me on the phone and they were, you know, just asking some some pretty basic questions. And they asked when I would fight Errol Spence. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I don't know. I know that that fight is going to happen before I retire, but I don't know when that fight is going to happen. I said, I'm in line to fight for the WBC, and he has the, the IBF. Right. And I said, when, when I lost the IBF, I, I'm pretty sure they took me out of the rankings. And I don't know if you look in there right now, but I'm not sure if I'm ranked in, in the IBF. So he goes and he takes a look. And he says, Sean, you're not ranked in the IBF. I said, that's pretty crazy, right? He said, yeah, that is. I said, here's the crazy part. The crazy part is I'm top five in the world. Arguably, if you want to argue it, I'm top six. Hmm. Okay, if you want to say if you want to say the most outrageous thing, I'm top ten in the world. And he said, yeah, you are. He said, you know, top five easily. He said, even top three maybe. And he said, you know, definitely top six and top 10. I said, the crazy thing is I'm top 10, arguably, in the world, and I'm not in, in the top 10 of the IBF <laughs> ranking. Boxing for he you. Said, he said, that's crazy. I said, if you go to the WBC, you'll see that I'm ranked two in the WBC, I believe. And I said, go to the WBC real quick and tell me if Errol Spence is ranked in the WBC. He goes and he says, no, Errol Spence isn't ranked in the top 10 of the WBC. <laughs> I said, now how crazy is it that this title holder, who is arguably top two in the world, I said, we're not going to fake the punk. I'm not going to, you know, hate on him. I said, he's top two in the world. I said, easily top three. I said, there's no way he's not top five in the world. I said, there's there's no way you can say he's top ten in the world. How can this guy who has has a belt and be ranked in the top three, top five, and top ten in the world not be ranked? In the WBC, he huh. said, "I don't know. That's crazy." I said, that, "That's how boxing works." Boxing, I man. Said, and, it's all those. It's all about those sanction fees. I'm, I'm just kicking the knowledge to you right yeah, now. Yeah, I like it. No, no matter, no matter what the public says, no matter what, what we think, uh, makes sense. Sometimes politically, sometimes in the boxing world, sometimes in the, in the business of boxing, it may not make sense. Yeah, and. and it makes sense for myself to fight Danny Garcia and then go on to fight uh, Errol Spence or Keith Thurman. But right now, yep. without a belt, I'm not ranked to even fight Errol Spence. No, it no. sounds crazy. Right. And and you look at it and you say, man, he's one of the best fighters in the welterweight division. He should be fighting Errol Spence. Yeah, I should fight Errol Spence. <laughs> but from a business standpoint, from the standpoint of – of rankings, it doesn't make sense. So right now, if I don't have a belt, it, there's no point in me fighting Errol Spence. He's not going to want to fight me when he has a chance to unify titles. He's not going to want to fight me if I'm not bringing anything to the table other than, obviously, a, a major fight and some major money. I'm not right. bringing a belt to the table. I'm not bringing anything that is long-lasting other than you know, the fact that he may be me, I may be him, you know. So right now, for me to call out Errol Spence from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense. No, you're and, right. You're absolutely right. From the standpoint of my team going after the WBC, it doesn't make sense. So for anyone out there wondering <laughs> when Sean is going to fight Sean, keep, uh, Errol Spence, if he want to fight Errol Spence, Sean Porter 100% wants to and will fight Errol Spence before he retires, and that's coming from Sean Porter himself. Love it. When 
I don't know, but it's a lot like we, like I said when I started this interview. I don't know when I'm gonna fight Danny Garcia. I just know that that's the next fight out there for me. I mean, yeah, you heard it right from right from the horse's mouth, right from Sean Porter himself. That's the one thing I wanted you to clear up, and I'm happy that you got the chance to do it, was about Errol Spence, because everyone thinks everyone's ducking Errol Spence. But one thing we know about you is that you don't duck anybody. You want the biggest fights, and you and you sound like you're confident that you will get it done uh, before you hang up the gloves. Sean Porter. Here's, the, here's the thing. Let me say this. Here's the thing. When I, my, my favorite sport is, is football. My favorite sport is in boxing. But in, in football, you, you have – uh, they they announced the 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 the, um, the, uh, the list of um, I'm sorry my my, my schedule head is, is cool. yeah they, they they announced the schedule way they, yeah. they announced the schedule what like in February or something right like yeah that. yeah the season doesn't even begin in August so you know who's gonna play who and you know the best is gonna gonna fight gonna go up against the best mm-hmm. at some point obviously in the Super Bowl so you know my my first Super Bowl is gonna be this fight with Danny Garcia. And then definitely down the line, um, there's there's no schedule yet, but I'm I'm putting it I'm putting it out there that Sean yeah, Porter it. will fight Errol Spence. Uh, if we don't fight, something crazy w- will have had to happen in order for us not to fight because I know Errol Spence is a like like me. Mm-hmm. He he loves what he does and he wants to fight the best. I'm the exact same way, and so that fight will happen. That I think that that is a fight that once. Once we begin talking about that fight, it won't take much time for that fight to get made because him and I, we just want to fight, and we want to fight against against the best. So. Yeah, and that's one that's thing. It. Yeah, it's the thing about you. Everyone knows that you want to fight. Uh, uh, Sean, I know you're a big Browns fan. How many how many wins will they have? Will they have more than uh, zero? Oh, it, oh, yeah. I mean, you you disrespecting me right now by asking that question. So <laughs> you got I'm Baker gonna, Mayfield uh, now. Are you happy with that I'm pick? Gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and well, you know what? We got Baker Mayfield, but he's gonna be behind Tyrod Taylor. True. And let's not forget that Tyrod Taylor is a playoff uh, quarterback. He got he's the Bills to the playoffs. Quarterback. Yeah, he's got the playoff. He got the Bills to the playoffs. Um, granted, they didn't win that game, but the fact of the matter is, he got him. He got them there, right. which will allow me to say that we'll get more than. One win this year. Uh, I'm looking at maybe six to seven wins. All right. Uh, and then, you know, maybe even playoff contention in the year or two. So oh, yeah, hopefully I mean, uh, I'm yeah. not I'm not biting myself in the, in the butt by saying that right We're now. We're going to hold you to it. We're going to hold you to it. We're going to have I to get you what, back. I tell you what, man, we, boxing fan or uh, football Browns fans, man, we, we are super optimistic. Yeah. And uh, no matter what, we, we think our team's going to win all the way to the last ticking clock. Yeah, are you happy? Are you uh, happy that they are on hard knocks or do you think that's a distraction? Man, I thought that that was so cool. I'm I'm excited because one thing I I, I keep NFL Network on my television, <laughs> and the one thing I'm always looking to see that I don't get to see, which makes sense, is the Browns are never highlighted. No, no, they're uh, not. They're they're never highlighted. They're never talked about. And I think now because of the moves they've made in the off season, in the trades, and then also their their uh, their draft this year was was pretty was pretty decent. Last yeah. year's draft pretty decent as well and i think because of those uh those movements there um they decided to put them on hard knocks i don't think that is going to be distraction i've dealt with you know the the day-to-day media and the day-to-day cameras yeah, and the all access and whatnot uh, yeah if anything it's going to make them you know it's going to make them step up yeah. nobody wants to look bad on tv <laughs> you're right uh sean porter uh one of the, the the better minds in the sport and a guy that uh fans should know wants to fight them all thank you for coming up with us on uh, inside boxing live we'll see you ringside soon man had a fun man uh have a great day all right thank you guess what everybody twitter hitters is back we took a little hiatus from uh chronicling everyone's tweets i got a little tired of it uh also people weren't just tweeting good stuff so this past week uh, I got back on and I uh, uh, back on the saddle for another edition of Twitter hitters. Here we go. We'll start with Javante Davis. Uh, if you're not caught up to speed on everything that's going on, Javante Davis's life. Uh, he he. This is a subtweet. He said, "Let's just spar and get it off our chest." And uh, you know, I don't want to do a little uh, Sherlock Holmes here investigating. And uh, I think it's about Floyd Mayweather because uh, last week he had a, uh, a comment about how he was upset with the way that Mayweather is promoting his career. Uh, there are a lot of rumblings that these two don't get along, a lot of stuff that is just like, some big-time rumors and some real heinous things But Javante Davis and Mayweather. But apparently he said, let's just get in there and, and, and spar it out. And uh, I, you know what? I'd pay, 
How much does it cost to for this new uh, Eddie Hearn streaming thing? Thirty dollars a month. I'd pay. Uh, I wouldn't pay that much, but I would love to see Mayweather and uh, Javante Davis and Mayweather kind of like push him around in there and beat him up and t- teach him a little lesson here. But I thought that was interesting to see uh, Javante Davis upset with the way that he's being promoted, and then he goes on the Twitter machine like uh, everyone does these days, and he fires off a subtweet. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Moving forward here, Twitter haters. Uh, Jojo Diaz fought over the weekend a uh, tough fought loss to Gary Russell Jr. He says he's going to be back. And, uh, you know, he started off by saying he should have started the f- uh, fight a little earlier. Uh, sorry to all my fans. I'll come back stronger than ever. Uh, I love you all. And uh, Dan Rayfield uh, responded, nothing to be ashamed of. Good fight. Uh, Roman Gonzalez got on there. Uh, I don't, I can't translate that, but I'm sure it's just Hermano's brother. So he did good. And uh, I know Errol Spence also reached out. So that's the thing. Uh, you can, as long as you step up and you fight in a really big fight and it's an entertaining fight, everyone's going to have your back and we're going to want to see you again. I want to see Jojo Diaz fight again after watching that fight. He was just happened to be in the ring with a uh, with a really good fighter in Gary Russell Jr. He went to the body really nice, but he says he'll be back, and that's the one thing about Twitter I like is when the fighters get on there like right after their fight and they uh, talk to their fans. Uh, speaking of talking to their fans, Oscar De La Hoya, a guy that uh, doesn't care what you think about him, uh, he gets on onto the Twitter machine and he says, what an amazing fight. Congratulations, Gary Russell Jr. and Jojo Diaz Jr. In one week... Golden Boy, four world title fights with four different promoters on three networks. Fights for the fans, real promoter. So, uh, Oscar, you know, on one end, I've heard both sides of the spectrum here. On one side of the coin, you have to give uh, credit to De La Hoya for making fights with Top Rank, making fights with uh, K2 or whoever it be, uh, all the other promoters that he does fights with. And on the other side, all four of his fighters lost. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Are we going to get upset over the fact that, or make or make fun of him because all four of his fighters lost? And on the same end, you can't also congratulate him for, for putting on fights. You know, the fans want it. You can't have it both ways. So what is it? Are you uh, do his are the Golden Boy fighters uh, not on the same level as the top-ranked guys and the PBC guys? Or should we just be happy that these fights are happening and we're getting entertained every weekend? You know, so it's up for debate. And that's when uh, someone responded. And this is, this is when Oscar De La Hoya's Twitter becomes the best, is when he gets into his mentions and he starts retweeting people and, and, and following. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he was chirping at a guy that said uh, no one wants to watch Canelo fight. And he went off at like 2 in the morning, which usually when he does a lot of his tweeting. This time it was at 2.38 p.m. When Danny uh, Danny Buscio tweeted, uh, how disappointing are you? How disappointing are you right now? That has to be because of the four losses that I just talked about. That's when Delahoy said, "Why would I be disappointed when I'm the only promoter willing to make good fights, win or lose, loose for the fans?" See, that's that's the problem with Delahoy. I mean, yes, you're not the only guy making fights with other promoters. Top Rank does it all the time. They did it last weekend. They they've. I mean, you're not the only pr- promoter. That's when you know. That's when Oscar really opens himself up for criticism here. I commend him for for making fights with everyone, but just don't say that you're the only one doing it because everyone's doing it. Just say that. Boxing is in a good place right now. How about that? How about that? Last one here. Last Twitter hitter. We're back and George Foreman. It would be a segment on Twitter hitters without arguably the best tweeter over uh, 70 years old. That is George Foreman. Uh, Princess Casey tweeted at him. Interesting handle there. Uh, Why did you name all your kids George Foreman? And uh, George, with an unbelievable answer, just shows you how smart this guy is. Making preparation for memory loss. <laughs> Frazier, Ali, Holyfield, and Cooney all hit me. How many How many names can you memorize? Ha, 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 ha. See, I love this. I love it. This just shows you. This just shows you that George Foreman is one step ahead of us. He was one step ahead of us with that grill. And he's one step ahead of us naming all his kids named George. You know, I was just emailing with his son, George III trying to get uh, Big George to come on the program. His son, uh, George III, who I met a few times at Bleacher Report when I was working there, great guy, and uh, he's got a, a bunch of gyms propping, uh, popping up all over the country. Everyone fights, it's called. So we're trying. We're trying to get George on the program. Maybe we'll have to reach out to him on Twitter because that seems to be the only way to get a hold of George Foreman. That's it for Twitter hitters. Maybe we'll be back next week, but for now you're going to have to just uh, enjoy what we put out there today. 
Another show comes to a close inside Boxing Live number 18. Uh, it's a wrap for, for today. A special thanks to our guests, Showtime Sean Porter and LA Times Lance Pugmire. Uh, as for boxing this weekend, you have to go on to uh, ESPN Plus. Top Rank's putting on an all-Filipino title fight. That's an historic night. The first time that's ever happened when German in Cajas takes on uh, Jonas Sultan. Uh, so expect plenty of Manny Pacquiao references. Expect plenty of cast talk. All that good stuff. And probably a really good fight because the Filipinos, they come to fight. That's one thing we know about them. After that, uh, I think the following week is when we have finally uh, Jeff Horn versus uh, Terrence Crawford. I feel like that fight's been talked about for like five years now, but they'll finally get it on. That's another fight on ESPN+. Plus. We'll be front and center for that one. Uh, I think we're setting up a another podcast or another show from uh, Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar uh, over on 35th and 7th, so if you're in the area on uh, June 4th and you want to come hang out with us and take some pictures and all that good stuff, uh, come on down because that's the next time you'll be hearing from us. Great job from our producer, Nick Canobio, our executive producer, Bob Canobio. For everyone here on Inside Boxing Live, we'll see you next time here.